showers of blessing, showers of blessing we need. Mercy drops round us are falling, but for the showers we plead. Thank you, David. Continuing chronologically through the entire Bob Bible, we are in Proverbs chapter 19, and we're going to pick up with verse number 5. Proverbs chapter 19 and verse number 5. A false witness, a false witness is a liar. A false witness shall not be unpunished, and he that speaketh lies shall not escape. Solomon says the same thing twice. A false witness who is a liar shall not be unpunished. He that speaketh lies shall not escape. I believe Solomon is distinguishing between the two on a very small level because a lot of people want to get very, very specific and say, all right, when does it turn into a lie? You have these people that, that, that um, talk about um, little white lies. Uh, there's no such thing as little white lie. A lie is a lie. This verse is one of the more how can I say it? You can depend on this one to happen. You can depend on it. In fact, even the guy who said he killed Saul was punished for his lie. I don't know if you picked up on what Ray read. That Amalekite came to David and said, Saul's dead. David said, how do you know Saul's dead? Amalekite said, he couldn't live, so I put him out of his misery. That was a lie. David committed suicide. That Amalekite found David dead. David? Saul. <laughs> Thank you. It's early in the morning. I'm not used this is this is too early for David. Sorry about that. The Amalekite found Saul after Saul had committed suicide. But the Amalekite said, I put him out of his misery. Why would the Amalekite say that? He said that for the same reason we always twist the truth. Mm -hmm. We take a little bit of what really happened and make it a little sweeter on us. We want to be a tiny part of the benefit of whatever that false information is. That Amalekite, had he found Saul and brought the crown back to David said the exact same thing except left out the part that I killed him. Mm. How do you know he's dead? I touch his neck, there's no pulse. Mm. Had that Amalekite simply returned the crown to David, telling David the truth, that Amalekite probably would have been rewarded. He probably would have been somebody special for being so loyal to bring the crown back instead of just stealing it. Mm. He knew that, by the way. He knew that he was bringing some sort of positive news. And he wanted to make it even better. Even better. Twisting the truth is just as bad as telling a complete false truth. And people hate liars. Even liars hate liars. It's amazing. This is the one thing that no one can stand. No one likes being lied to. And I tell you, a false witness shall not be unpunished. It will come back and bite you. This past week, I was discussing a topic with my supervisor. I was told to go see his boss, 
and discuss it with him. His boss asked me, what did the, your supervisor, the guy I talked to, what did he think about this? In my foolishness, I generalized it and I said, he's fine with it. I thought, I wonder if I told him the truth when I said he's fine with it. So I went back to my supervisor and I said, I was talking to so-and-so and he asked me and I said this. I said, is that accurate? Are you fine with it? He said, no, I'm not fine with it. He said, you must have misunderstood what I said. Well, now his boss thinks that he wants to do it and he really don't want to do it. I had an option at that point just to leave it alone and hope that nothing came of it. But as soon as it came out, if it did come out, that I told supervisor number two that supervisor number one was what I told him was wrong. At that point, I'm in big trouble. So I decided I'm going to go back to supervisor number two and say, listen, I told you wrong information. I had a conversation with him. I assumed he was okay with it. He really wasn't okay with it. I want to make sure we're clear on that. Okay? Guess who still got in trouble? Still got in trouble. A false witness, even if he doesn't mean to be a false witness, shall not be unpunished. This stuff is serious and it's almost universal. Of course we know of certain people that tell a lie and then we find out way later it was a lie and they, they made all kinds of money from it they found out later. But even then their reputation is destroyed. What is Solomon saying here? He's saying if you don't know that you know what you're saying is true, don't say it. Don't say it because you really don't know that what you're saying is true. The problem is, is we want it to look good on us. And so in some small way, we want to wiggle our way into it so that this is going to be good news that you're going to like from me. The problem is, is if it turns out to be bad news, it's way worse than if you just told the truth in the first place. Remember that. Don't twist the truth. Tell things that you know to be true. Um, Jason, uh, DJ, me, who is the fourth person? Alicia. Alicia. We're standing back there in the corner. And Wade started to walk up, and Jason started to walk away. And Wade said, as soon as I walk up, everybody leaves. I said, well, who's everybody? He said, well, Jason left. I said, that's 20% of us. That's not everybody. 25% of us. See, he wants to make sure the information is correct. All right? Make sure you give correct information. If you don't know for sure, don't give it, because I promise you it's going to come back on you. All of us have experienced this. It's a wonder we haven't figured it out. No sin goes unpunished. This is important to remember. No sin goes unpunished. Even the one that person did to you. We all have things in our past to where you feel like the person got away with it. Let me explain something to you. No sin goes unpunished. No sin goes unpunished. Even that one that you feel like they got away with. Everything gets taken care of. Justice is always, always, always rendered eventually. However, we don't get to watch. And that's the problem. We want to see justice happen. The problem is this. 
what we perceive as justice is never what justice truly is. And that's why we're always disappointed when we do get to see it. How many times have we heard people crash into somebody else and they didn't get a ticket? You know why they didn't get a ticket? Because justice said they don't deserve a ticket. We don't know all the details, but for whatever reason, the justice system says you don't deserve a ticket. Well, we feel like we got injustice. How many times have people um, been tried and given a sentence less than what they should have been given? Um, there is a, um, a, uh, a thing on uh, Showtime right now called the 12th victim. Anybody heard about the 12th victim? It is about two teenagers. One was 19 and one was 14, boy and a girl. Went on a killing spree. At the end of the killing spree, she runs to a cop and said, he's had me held hostage. They did his trial and they executed him and he died. But then they tried her. What do we do with her? She's 14 years old. She says she was kidnapped. He said that she was the brains behind the whole thing. What do we do with her? To this day, people are still arguing over what they should have done with her. That's why the thing's on Showtime right now. By the way, she's still alive. She's in her 80s, I think, but she's still alive. And people are still upset over that. We don't get to watch justice happen, and I think the primary reason for that is because God knows it won't be enough for us. No matter what we see them go through, we're going to say, well, they deserve worse. They deserve more. They did this. They did this. So many times in my life, I have been just like, this is what should happen. And if anything ever this happens, then it's a terrible thing. And then God worked it out so the thing that really did happen turned out to be the best thing in spite of what I thought. It's amazing how that God always renders justice, but again, we don't get to watch. Verse 6, many will entreat the favor of the prince. Now, we don't have princes, but we have governors. Uh, we have councilmen. Uh, we have um, different officials. We have supervisors. Many will entreat the favor of the prince. And every man is a friend to give gifts. Building off verses 4 and 5. Slanting justice for a person who can benefit us. Slanting justice for a person who can benefit us. Watch the next two words. Even God. Even God is just as wrong as slanting against the poor. Just as wrong. Even God? Even God? I'm going to show you something that you may have never noticed before, but it fits this right to a T. In the book of Job, chapter 13, we read in verse number 7, Job is speaking, Will you speak wickedly for God. Will you speak wickedly for God? I don't know if you ever noticed that or not, but when I saw that and we were studying the book of Job, it's like Job is he's hitting it right on the head right here. I don't know if we talked about it or not, but Job hammered them because what they were saying was in God's favor, but it wasn't true about the situation. And Job said, What you're saying to me 
that God is doing is not what God is doing. Will you speak wickedly for God and talk deceitfully for Him? They were so concerned about God's reputation that they just assumed that God must be doing such and such. Job, Job knew that God wasn't doing such and such, and so he knew they were defending God falsely. Will you accept his person? Will you take his side just because of who he is? Will you contend for God? Does he even need you to defend him? Is it good that he should search you out? Another way to say that, what are you going to do when he finds out? When God judges you for what you just said for him, knowing it was not true, what's his opinion going to be? Now that's a tough one to answer. That's a tough one to answer. Well, God, I was just trying to defend you. God says, I don't need you to defend me. Or as one man mocketh another, do you so mock him? Do you think that nothing's going to happen? He will surely reprove you if ye do secretly accept persons. What person were they accepting? God Himself. God Himself. They were giving the benefit of the doubt. The big objection to sovereign grace is that it makes God look unfair. That's straight up. People hate sovereign grace. Election, predestination, you go right on down the list. Um, uh, um, it makes God look unfair. People reject it. Churches reject it. Pastors reject it. My professor in college, the last time I went to class, said that sovereign grace is a lie from the pit of hell, and if you believe it, he wants nothing to do with you, and so I gave him his wish. I never went back. The big objection to sovereign grace is it makes God look unfair. To hide these verses so He looks fair is to slant justice for Him. To hide these verses is to slant justice for Him and is wrong. How many churches, how many preachers, how many Christians? God loves you. He's got a great plan for your life. Won't you just accept Him? Just yeah. say this prayer. You know what Jesus said? Jesus said, count the cost. He said, before you decide to follow Me, you make sure that you're really ready for this. Does a man go out and build a tower without making sure he's ready? He's got enough supplies to build the tower? Jesus said, think it over first. We don't want to tell them about the difficult verses because it might scare them away. We'll save that for the preachers. We'll save that for the Sunday school class that's for the smart people. And we'll put everybody else in all the interesting classes so that they just think God just loves everybody. The problem is, is there's hundreds of them. And I've seen it over and over and over and over. They, don't, they just skip them. I don't know what that means. We'll just skip it. It's there. It should be taught. Every verse in the Bible is true and never needs to be covered up. If you don't understand what it means, say, I don't understand what this means, but it says it. Now, there are some things in Scripture that I don't fully understand. I'll be honest with you. I am not 100% certain 
on a couple of things. I'm not going to tell you what they are because you don't need to be worried about does Danny have it. But there's a couple of things. It's like, I believe that, but I'm really not sure that's exactly what it is. I, I don't think the other way is it or else I might change, but you know, I, I'm just not really sure about that. Typically, most preachers, when they hit those subjects, will just skip them. Okay? I think it's important we hit those. Be honest. Say, hey, listen, this says this, but you know what? I'm really not convinced on it. Now, so far, we haven't hit any of those topics, and we may never hit them. But when they do, I hope that God gives me character enough to tell the truth, not twist justice for him, not make him look better than he actually is. God is just. Being just means he doesn't have to be fair. Now explain that one. <laughs> God is just. Because he is just, he doesn't have to be fair. That's true, by the way. Yep. I'm going to prove it right now. Okay? Let's assume for just one moment that we charge a dollar to get in this room. Just, just for the argument. It costs a dollar to get in here. Tell the truth. How many of you actually paid your dollar this morning? Raise your hand. None of you did. Okay, and that's okay. But let's, let's assume that's the case. None of you paid your dollar to get in here. So all of you should be thrown out because you didn't pay your dollar. But I happen to like Wade, and so I'm going to say, Wade gets to stay, the rest of y'all got to go. Is that fair? No. Is it just? It is, in fact, just. I'm giving something he does not deserve called grace. I'm showing him mercy. I'm not making him pay the dollar. I'm allowing him to stay because the dollar was my decision. I get to decide if you have to pay it or not. And I can allow him to stay if I want to. I can make all y'all leave because justice says y'all all have to go. That is sovereign grace in a nutshell. Yep. What if I said all the boys can stay but the girls gotta go? Is that fair? No. Is it just? Yes, because the girls didn't pay. We want justice to be fairness, and they are not the same thing. God is just. Every sin gets paid for. How would Wade's dollar get paid? He's allowed to stay. Everybody else has got to go. How does the dollar get paid? By the guy who paid for the building in the first place. He's just not getting paid his dollar. If all the guys got to stay and all the girls had to go, how would their dollars get paid? The guy that owns the building is taking the cost on himself. God punished our sins as the elect, as the chosen on Jesus. Our sins are paid for. Therefore, justice is satisfied. God can then say, you get to go to heaven, you don't. That sounds incredibly unfair. It's because it is. It's very unfair, but it's unfair to the good, the group that gets to stay. Because they should be in hell with them. Wade should have been kicked out with everybody else. The men should be kicked out with all of the girls. That's fair. We want fair. We don't want just. I'm telling you something. God's justice is absolutely perfect. And we will not like it when we see it. And sovereign grace is a perfect example of it. Don't cover stuff up in the Bible. Well, there's those verses about tongues. I don't like them. I'm just going to skip over them. Why? 
Why would you skip over tongues? Well, somebody might misunderstand and think they're supposed to speak in tongues. You think God can't teach them the truth? You think you are the Holy Spirit and you've got to say everything just right or somebody's going to slip off? That's ridiculous. Teach the Word. Teach the Word. Well, there's that thing about the Sabbath. Yeah, I don't think a lot of teaching about the Sabbath. It confuses people, Saturday, Sunday, stuff like that. Teach the Word! Okay? Teach it completely. When the Bible talks about the Sabbath, talk about the Sabbath completely. You'll be surprised how the Bible will defend itself. But don't smooth stuff over. It's lying and people hate it. As soon as they find out that's what we did, particularly as Christians, as soon as they find out that's what they did, they say, well, what else can I trust from you? You said that. Verse 7. All the brethren of the poor do hate him. All the brethren of the poor do hate him. Hatred is an action. This is not the emotion. This is the action. It's love in reverse. 1 Corinthians 13 says that charity, which is love, the opposite of hatred. Love suffereth long. Hatred doesn't suffer at all. Hate will not put, hatred will not put up with anything. A guy who is poor typically does not get away with as much stuff as a guy who's rich. Back to the Prince verse. Charity, love is kind. Hatred is not kind. We don't have to be kind. You have nothing to give me. You're poor. And so therefore, I don't have to be nice to you. Charity, love, envieth not. You're poor. I don't have anything to envy from you. Charity vaunteth not itself. You're poor. I'm not poor. You made bad decisions. I made good decisions. Guess who is the vaunting in that verse? Hatred is the opposite of love. Okay, verse, uh, the rest of the verse. All the bread of the poor do hate him. He pursueth them with words, yet they are wanting to him. So what is he supposed to do? Wade, come here, please. <clears throat> you're poor. Okay, you're poor. I am not nice to you just because I'm not a nice person. I don't show him the love of Christ because I'm a typical Christian that doesn't do anything the way he's supposed to do. He just does it kind of halfway. Wade pursueth me with words. Wade needs whatever it is that he needs because he's poor and he needs it. <clears throat> he's going to use the only tool at his disposal, we talked about this last week, entreaties. Okay? He's going to come to me and he's going to think of different ways to kind of ease into the topic so that I don't get irritated and just maybe I'll feel bad enough for him to do it. That's the only tool he has to use. Scripture says, He pursueth him with words, yet they are wanting to him. In other words, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. So I am being mean to Wade. Wade can't fix it. So what is Wade supposed to do? That's the question. Sit down. What is Wade supposed to do? Is it a sin to be poor? No. Absolutely not. It's not a sin to be poor. Is he supposed to print his own money? There's a law against that. Though. What is a poor person supposed to do so that they're not poor anymore? The, the reason I ask this question is this verse is hopeless for a poor person if he has no way to fix it. If the poor can't stop people from hating him, 
if the poor can't stop people from being wanting to him why write the verse why not just say if you're poor suck it up nobody's ever going to like you again that would be something at least giving confidence giving direction every proverb and i mean every proverb is designed to motivate us to action it's designed to give us hope it's designed to say change the way you're thinking change the way you're thinking look at it this way this way is wiser this way will avoid problems what is the poor person supposed to do i taught this six years ago some of y'all may recognize it if you don't recognize it write these things down this is what a poor person is supposed to do first of all he should tithe first that's what he should do he's too poor to tithe that's why he's too poor he should tithe first so you're saying he should tithe before he buys food yes Yes. He should tithe before he pays his power bill. Yes. He should tithe before he pays his rent. Yes. You say, I, I don't know if I can tell more people that. Well, then throw your Bible away because it's not true. Okay? God wants the first fruits. He always has and he always will. He wants the best. It gives him something to bless. To bless is the cause to prosper. You obey and then I bless you because you obey. Why does God have it that way? Because when He blesses us first, we don't obey. We've already got the blessing. Tithe first. Malachi chapter 3, verse 8. Will a man rob God? Ye have robbed me. But you say, where have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. A person's finances who are cursed becomes poor. Now, that doesn't mean that every poor person is cursed. But I submit to you, a lot of them, this is their problem. A lot of them, this is their problem. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse. He doesn't say after you feed yourself. He doesn't say after you pay your rent. Just bring them. The tithe belongs to me. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. This is an absolute guarantee from God. Absolute guarantee. Tithe first. Now, does that mean if you pay your tithe one Sunday that the next week you're going to be a millionaire? Absolutely not. God is not impressed with us finally doing the one thing we're supposed to do one time. God wants to see us actually change. That's what He's after. And we're going to have to do it even if He doesn't bless us. He doesn't say when He's going to bless us. He says, watch it though, it will happen. Secondly, keep a detailed ledger listing every penny. Every penny, where did it go? I get this, at the end of the day, totally... Total anything that was not a must-have. At the end of the week, add up the daily totals. And this, this works always. It shows you where we have wasted money. Every penny I spent on something that was not a must-have. Well, it's only 25 cents. It goes on the list. It's only a dollar. It goes on the list. It was only that. It goes on the list. At the end of the month, add up the weekly totals. Be sure you're sitting down when you realize how much money you could have had. Where do I get this from? Proverbs 27. 
Be thou diligent to know the state of thy flocks, which is what Israel considered money, and look well to thy herds, for riches are not forever, and doth the crown endure to every generation. If, if Scripture says we should pay attention to our money, should we not pay attention to our money? Is it possible he's poor because he's throwing his money away in other areas? It's amazing how much money poor people spend on poor people. Can I buy a cigarette? You know how much a cigarette costs now? Just one cigarette. Eh, it's just one cigarette, so what? Next day, you've handed out half a pack, you've got to go buy another pack. Can I have a sip of that? Sure. Then he gets half of it. Guess what? It's gone. Got to go buy another one. Can I use your phone? Well, I've only got 30 minutes left on it, but here, go ahead. Being nice, wants to help, but at the end of the day, he runs out. He's got nothing. He's poor. Why? Because he's throwing what he has away in the wrong direction. Three, save I mean, every extra penny, but no more goes to debt. Every extra penny, but no more goes to debt. Say, how in the world can I give more than my extra pennies? I'm saying, don't spend your power money to pay back a credit card. Don't spend your, your rent money to pay back uh, Joe down the street. Every extra penny, once you've made your list and found out where those extra pennies are, once you've made your list, use that to pay off the debt. Don't see it as little, even if it's 25 cents. Here's 25 cents toward what I owe you. I'll get there eventually, I promise. This absolutely does work. Every month, send a letter explaining why. According to Romans 3, 13, 8, owe no man anything but to love one another. Does that mean if we owe, we're just supposed to suddenly not owe? No, we've got to pay it back. But pay it back in love. Be careful to say, hey, listen, all I have is my rent money. I'll give you everything I can. You'll be surprised how they will help you help them. Four, eight hours of work or looking for work or education per day. Most poor people sleep in. Dollars to it. Most poor people sleep in. When they do finally get going, the day's half over. Then they run out of daylight hours and they're not taking applications anymore, so I'm going to go watch TV. Eight hours of work, looking for work or education every single day. That right there will double the, the it, it, it will double how quickly you'll get a job. Works always just because it's just the law of averages. The more the more I put into something, the more I'm going to get out of it. The more uh, in sales, okay, the more the more calls I make, eventually I'm going to get a call back. If I'm going to make two calls, guess what? I can't expect a call back. But I'd say it's not going to happen. Put in the time. 2 Thessalonians 3.10, For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, including the poor, neither should he eat. 5. Phone for emergencies always. It is shocking to me the number of homeless people that have cell phones. <laughs> and they like to sit right in front of CVS on the sidewalk and charge them up because CVS let them charge them for free. They're homeless. But they got a cell phone. Well, I gotta have a cell phone. Well, what did your mom and dad do? What did their mom and dad do? 
Exactly. Okay. What did happen before you had the one nail on the wall? <laughs> Get the cheapest Walmart card if you're afraid of emergencies. Get the very cheapest one, the one with the lowest minutes, so that if there's an emergency, you can call 911. 1 Timothy 5.13. Withal, they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but tattlers also, and busybodies speaking things which they ought not. Most cell phone usage is for nonsense. Most cell phone usage is for nonsense. Get rid of the expense. Six, sell anything of value. Even the TV? Gotta, gotta have TV. Sell it. Sell it. I have dealt with several people who could not pay their bills, but they had plenty of stuff in their house. If they would just sell it, they could be even again. But they thought they needed it. Do you need a microwave? Yes. No. <laughs> we think we need it. Matthew 19, 21. Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect or complete, go and sell that thou hast and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. Now we teach that believing in Jesus is all you got to do. But for poor people, they need to do this also. Poor people need to do this also. Not to get to heaven, but to get not being poor. Seven, food. Document that it's the cheapest available, even if you're on assistance. Now this one here gets under my skin and crawls. But assistance is free. I'm on assistance. I get this amount of money. I don't need it all, so I'm going to buy steak. But I'm not, it's not my money. It's not my money. Somebody had to earn it. Somebody had to earn it. The government takes money and then gives it. The government doesn't just give money. Be respectful of their work. Even if at the end of the month you got money left over on your, your, your card, let the money be left over. Just let it be left over. Give God something to bless. 1 Corinthians 4, 2 more, if it's required in stewards, the man be found faithful. Most poor people are not faithful. They give themselves the permission not to be. I'm too poor to be faithful. And God says, guess what's going to keep you poor? There's people that say that, that poverty causes crime. What if, what if crime causes poverty? Cause and effect. They're both there. We just assume that one caused the other. I submit to you, crime causes poverty. Eight. This is the last one. Set your AC to 78 degrees and heat to 68 degrees. Why those numbers? This is the sweet spot for balancing comfort with efficiency. It's amazing how many people get their gas bill paid on charity. The gas company encourages us as employees to give to a fund called the Helping Hand Fund so that people who can't afford to pay their bill can get their bill paid. You know what we require them to do? They've got to document they're doing everything that they can to pay the bill. 
not everybody just gets on that. But let's suppose there's someone who says, you know, it's 68 degrees is too cold. I'm going to keep mine at 74. Guess what happens to their gas bill? It doubles. Four degrees will double your gas bill. Okay? Are we going to come and inspect what your thermostat is set at? No, we're not going to do that. So I'm just supposed to pay for you to be comfortable instead of doing your part of it? No. No. Do what you know to do. What is the poor guy supposed to do? Do what you know to do. There's eight things he can be doing. Instead, what does he do? He sits there and he gives entreaties. Will you please help me? Will you please help me? Will you please help me? What's the rich guy going to do? No! Get away from me! Does that make the rich guy a bad guy? This is a hard question. Does that make the rich guy a bad guy? I submit to you, if the rich guy will help him understand these eight steps, then the rich guy doesn't have to give him anything. If the rich guy just says, get away from me and walks away, then the rich guy is a bad guy because he's not trying to help him at all. He would then automatically say after these eight points, this is too hard. It's too hard. I can't do all of this. Folks, it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be hard. Why? That's how you learn not to get here again. Years ago, I had to go through bankruptcy. Bankruptcy is hard. By the grace of God, I've never owed anybody since anything since I finally got out of bankruptcy. That's why bankruptcy is supposed to be hard, so you stop owing people. But it's amazing how many people that get bankruptcy every seven years. It's insane. It's supposed to be hard. If he would not do these things, I would not give him the money even to help his kids. Even to help his kids, I would not give him the money. Why is that? In 30 days, he'll need it again. Yep. Problem's not fixed. His kids are going to need it again. If you want to help the poor, help the poor by fixing the problem. There is a way for poor people to get out of poverty. And I submit to you, the number one thing is tithing. The number one thing. And very few poor people will require that of themselves. I can't afford it. Folks, you can't afford not to. I would never, ever, ever loan him the money. But why not loan him the money? I mean, I've got an extra. I don't need it. He's going to give it back, so really, it's, it's not really hurting anything, whether it's in the bank or in his pocket. Eventually, it'll all be back with me. If I can't afford to give it, I can't afford to loan it. And that's absolutely true. That's the gospel according to Doug King. That's where I got that from. Okay? Relationships are destroyed by debt. Absolutely destroyed. I loaned him this money. He didn't even try to pay me back. It happens all the time. And the relationship is destroyed. Give him the money. Give him the money. I've had people tell me, I'll let you give it to me, but I'm going to pay it back. You know what I tell them? No, I don't want it. But why don't you want it? Because I'll start looking for you to do something. I'd rather you put it in the plate at church. Just let me give it to you and you put it in the plate at church. I don't want to know any about what happens to this money. It's yours. It's, I, at that point, I could still have a clear relationship with that person. Very, very important. What does God want me doing right now is also for poor people. 
What does God want me doing right now is also for poor people. It's not sleep until noon. Guaranteed. Focus on that and only that, just like eating a thousand calories a day and no more, this will work. I guarantee you this will work. All the brethren of the poor do hate him. They won't hate him if he's doing what he needs to do to stop being poor. Much more do his friends go far from him. They won't go far from him if he's doing what he needs to do to stop being poor. He pursueth them with words. He won't be doing that because he's too busy doing what he's supposed to do. Yet they are wanting to him. He won't know it because he hadn't said anything to them. There is an answer to every proverb. Every proverb is a message to do something different because wisdom demands we do something different. And in this case, it is not a hopeless proverb. I always saw this as a proverb. So what's he supposed to do? There are things he's supposed to do. Now guess what? The people in your life, and there are some, who want money from you, they don't know these eight things because they ain't here. Whose job is it to tell them? Or we could just say, get away from me. Father, thank you for Proverbs. It is such a blessing to me, so much more than I, I could possibly imagine. Help us to learn from Proverbs. Help us to see that certain things prevent problems. When we experience problems, help us to learn not to make the same mistake again. But Father, thank you for giving this wisdom to Solomon so he could give it to us. You're the source of wisdom. Help us to be the users of it. In Jesus' name, amen.